brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code program. Live from the bunker in the middle of the Ozarks, three people wondering desperately if they can think a happy thought. It's the critic, the geek, and the girl on Sift Pop. Just think a happy thought, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that has a whole new meaning now. <laughs> Welcome! We are excited to talk a little bit about Pan, uh, the new Peter Pan movie, as well as the TV show The Muppets, their or latest in invasion onto our television screens. The Murpets. The Murpets. We're we going to talk Pern. Murpets and Pern. We're going to talk Pern. No, we should not talk Pern. That's a no longer safe topic. If we want to talk about we want to talk about Pern, we can do that on no longer safe. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. That's the that's the amazing Andrew, uh, Mr. Flick Freaks himself, joining Ooh. with us once again. An entire movie about pirates, not a single one of them said ahoy. <laughs> that is so true. I don't know why. Why is that? Why wouldn't they say ahoy? I was waiting the entire time just so I could bring it up, but not a single one of them did. That's oh, that a shame. must be really disappointing. That is a shame, an absolute yeah. shame. Uh, thank you for joining us, whether it be live or whether it be later in the podcast feed. We love chat and pop culture, and we're excited to do it again. Uh, we are call ourselves the critic, the geek, and the girl, and kind of the geek seat rotates a little bit. But the geek seat we lo- rota- literally actually does literally rotate. rotate. <laughs> he's, he's, it creaks while it does it. He's yes. in a sturdy bar stool that swivels, <laughs> so it's quite literal. Very comfortable though. Basically, uh, I as the critic, you know, am kind of that that. Uh, critical eye the geek is like that obsessive eye that you know looks at everything and then danae is the eye that doesn't really care about movies not that that has anything to do with being a girl this movie has mermaids (laughs) that's my that's my perspective but yeah i'm just the girl it it just made sense you know the critic the geek and the Girl, I always, I always feel worked. bad. I always feel bad when we say that, like that we're like putting some gender stereotypes on, like what the girl's role. No, this is Danae's role. Not every girl would be like that. Just this is Danae's role in the situation, right? You can't just say the critic, the geek, and Danae. <laughs> well, you could. <laughs> it just doesn't roll off the tongue as easy. Um, well, let's get into it. Play a little clip from Pan, and then we'll talk a little bit about the movie and uh, what we thought. We have an ancient prophecy from when the fairy kingdoms reigned on this island. The prophecy tells of a boy born of the love between a fairy prince and a human girl. A boy who would be disappeared from this world until he was old enough to return and lead an uprising against me. A boy, so says the prophecy, who could fly. Good dramatic pause there, Hugh Jackman. Amazing dramatic pause. Should we start right with Hugh Jackman? (laughs) 
No, we should start with our initial overall thoughts. We should start with liked it, loved it, it was okay, didn't Why like it, hated it. Dreamy every eyes right time. now. <laughs> every time we have to follow the rules. What's going on? Well, just to give a kind of a general idea of what we thought. I'm okay, gonna start okay. with uh, I'm gonna start with Andrew. Andrew liked it, loved it, it was okay, didn't like it, hated it. Indifferent leaning towards No, I'm just gonna stick with indifferent. 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 Right. I liked it. Danae goes with liked it. Uh I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with it was okay. Indifferent, yeah. uh, and if I were to lean, it would be towards the liked it. Um, but I, I just have to go with it. It was like there's so there's too many flaws for me to go exactly. to liked it, and yeah. that's 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 a difficult thing for me. Well, this could be interesting then. Danae appears to have really enjoyed it, so for not you. loved it though. I, I I had a good time. Okay. I don't know that I I don't know that I lo- loved it like I've loved some of the movies I've seen recently, but I had a really good time in this. Cool. I kept making notes throughout the movie mm-hmm. and 98 percent of them are like "Ooh, that was pretty <laughs> so yeah can we start there that the movie was visually beautiful yeah really that's was. a good place to start as we start with the positives i think that's one that we can all agree on the yeah. the the visual interpretation of neverland in this world and even the the world of london and in, in you know world war ii or whatever and the way these characters were you know over the top but still you know a part of this universe i thought i thought visually worked really well mm-hmm. was spectacular what were some of the visuals you remember oh my goodness um without going into spoilers yeah which we'll do later uh, there there are um let's see when we're approaching neverland for the first time mm-hmm. it's just all very inventive and it's a different approach to the, you know this universe yeah and it's got a lot of creativity to it and as soon as I asked that question, I realized all the things I'm thinking of, I don't want to spoil for somebody. Like yeah. I want them to have that experience of seeing. Yeah, just sometimes little, thing. The, the camera will kind of pan out over a landscape. And I see it's what just, you did there. I didn't mean to, but it did. <laughs> oh, you went there. <laughs> Sorry, that pun kind of petered out, but go ahead. Oh, oh no. Is this going to happen the entire view? <laughs> just give me the hook if you want me to stop. I'll, ah, I will, I promise. Ah, I'm going to hurt somebody. <laughs> I don't want to get upset. Go ahead. So anyways, the camera would move over and whatever it was looking at would would just be beautiful. And, you know, there is obviously CG in this. Some of it's obvious, but for the most part, I thought that they did a really great job of like overlaying. I don't even know where some of these scenes came from. There's forests, there's, mm-hmm. you know, rock, there's clouds. Like, did they take real stuff and then just super CG it? Was it all CG? I don't know. But it, it looked really believable, and I, I really liked that. Yeah, the re- the part that I really liked is it's all around Neverland, and every single place you go, it's completely different. It's not one set uh, environment. It's yeah. like you go here, it's completely different from the last c- scene that you were in. <laughs> yeah. the, are they saying uh, something? Today's in the, the chat. chat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Too many flaws, including a lack of helicopters and ahoys, was <laughs> the one that caused me to laugh. And then also, the BDG was upset because he couldn't keep up with your puns, Aaron. Well, I've got a microphone in front of me. You have a keyboard. <laughs> I've got a little bit of an advantage. Oh, man. These puns are... They are flying through. This well, is going to be a fun That's, chat. That is an encouragement. That's a good reason to listen live, right? Because you get to be in the chat. You get to kind of feel what's going on with those And then those I can take things. their jokes. And then Danae and can sound just really good. steal their jokes <laughs> yeah. and make it work that way. What else did you like, Andrew, as, as you were talking about that stuff? Um, I'll just stick with it visually. It's kind of generic, but you guys would know what I'm talking about if you saw the movie. The first time you get to Neverland and you see quote-unquote, the bubbles. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that... That's the one I was thinking of, too. Yeah. And I didn't want to spoil the effect, but that's a good way to say it. It's just the bubbles. We'll mm-hmm. just call it that. There there was a lot of really clever storytelling in this, I felt, 
um, there's a couple of times in this movie where they kind of give like backstory of what had happened because this is Pan's origin story essentially. And so uh, when Peter lands in Neverland and he gets involved in these different characters and kind of goes through Neverland at several points, he himself is trying to kind of learn about the environment. And there's these storytelling techniques that the people use to kind of show him things that are going on uh, and that have happened in the past. It's been, and it was, I loved how they did that. And I thought it was very, very creative. The costuming was fun. Um, and colorful, it was colorful and beautiful. Uh, it was really inventive. And in some of the fight scenes, there was some really inventive ways to, you know, kind of show the intensity of the fights. I agree with what you're saying about the storytelling. I actually do. And a lot of the flaws I have were with, uh, with aspects of storytelling, but not with the idea of spinning a yarn. I thought they spun a good yarn. I thought it was an interesting concept for the origin story of these characters. Uh, so when I say that, I mean like the foundation of what they decided to do with Peter Pan's origin story was interesting to me. What they decided to do with who Captain Hook was was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and the execution had a little bit lacking as far as I was concerned, but I did like the germ of the idea that they had there. I also really liked, as we're continuing with positives, Hugh Jackman. I thought he was, he my number was one. great. Hugh Jackman yeah. was incredible. Yeah. But I have to admit something. What? So earlier we were reviewing this on our radio show and Aaron mentions Hugh Jackman. And I was like, Hugh Jackman was in this? <laughs> oh, really? I didn't recognize him at all. I had no idea. Yeah. He wasn't dreamy enough. Captain Blackbeard <laughs> was yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. He was incredible. That uh, first scene, his appearance scene is my favorite scene in the movie. His introduction to the movie. Oh, where he's just walking out and they're singing Nirvana? Yes, yes. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit because yeah. I do want to go into that. But uh, he he was the perfect amount of over the top. Like it wasn't so far over the top that, you know, you yeah. lost interest. Right. But it was over the top enough that it gave you that like that jolt of creative energy. Isn't it weird that in a movie that's this psychedelic, not psychedelic is probably a bad word to say, but, you know, just colorful and loud, right. he is the most grounded thing in the movie with his performance? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's something interesting about you, you can see that extra level of acting ability mm -hmm. that, that he has on screen that some of the others don't have because there's a depth to his performance that a lot of the others don't have. Well, yeah. there's this one particular scene where he kind of goes from this over-the-top captain character and he really gets into some of his like deeper emotion mm -hmm. and that was one of my favorite scenes of the movie as serious as it was i was really captivated by um the performance and i it was really really moving um the the what he's basically saying is what neverland is to him mm -hmm. as blackbeard and i love the dialogue i thought the script was really fun and it kept moving but it, it had like this it wasn't too superficial. Um, it wasn't too ornate. It was just right in the middle for me the whole time. And, and when he delivers the style that performance, of the yeah, just the style okay. of dialogue yeah. and how they're delivering their like how they're talking to each other, and and some of it's very artistic and flaring has flair to it. And you know, it, I I really enjoyed it. But particular in particular, we're trying to figure out this Blackbeard character because here's this character in Neverland. I'm not used to mm -hmm. you know perceiving, and so I'm kind of trying to get used to like, okay, who is he? And Hugh Jackman really brought him to life. And when he shows that depth, that one particular scene where he's kind of just uh, having a one-on-one -on -one with Peter, I was, I was really moved by it. How many people do you think, a question as an aside, 
how many people do you think saw the poster for this movie or an advertisement for this movie, you know, half saw it or whatever, and thought that Hugh Jackman was playing Captain Hook? Because uh, uh, I'd say more than 50%. I think so too. I think, so too. I think in the advertising, if you're just kind of glancing glance at, at what it. they're doing, you're thinking, yeah. oh, okay, they're doing a Peter Pan story. Hugh Jackman is, Cap- is you know, Captain Hook and, and that kind of stuff. And that was kind of a revelation to me as it continued to go, oh, we're getting into Captain Hook's origin story too and kind of who he was. And of all the origins that they played with, mm-hmm. I thought his was the most drastic turn. Like the one that you go, okay, something. There's still some story to be told with his origin story. And maybe we can go more into it in spoilers. That's, but I was about to say I got a lot to say about that in the spoiler section. Because I don't want to give away his story arc exactly uh, at all uh, in this, uh, in case you want to see it uh, without being spoiled. But it, it, of all the characters, his was the one I was like, oh, that is really interesting where that could go. And I don't know that a lot of that is seen in this movie. I think they're maybe setting up sequels where maybe we'll get I some more of that. I got that feeling too. But... Um, but it was definitely it was definitely there for yeah. sure. Any other positives you guys wanted to throw out as we kind of continue on? What I did have a few. I did I did think it was also the whole movie the entire way through had just a creative uh, finger on every element. It's like I could imagine that the people who kind of sat down to put this movie together were like, how can we think about these things differently? You know, um, the mermaids, for example, were one of my favorite uh, sections. Not just the whole, the section was really interesting, but just to watch how they interpreted what a mermaid is, because everyone has a different interpretation. Mm-hmm. Of There's like the basic one. It was very unique. Woman with tail. Mm-hmm. Woman with tail, long hair. That's pretty basic. Mm-hmm. And so some of that stuff, you're like, oh Strategic yeah, seashells. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But but this one was just a little bit different enough, and I don't want to spoil it for you in case you go see it. So we'll talk about it maybe a little bit more in detail in the spoiler section. But I really like that. I I just I really enjoyed. I really yeah, enjoyed you can it. tell. You can tell there was a lot of thought put into the creative I think ideas. So. Yeah, and I, I that's you know one of the reasons I, I want to make sure we give give props where props are due because you can tell somebody cared. It felt it's not like you watch this movie and go, oh, they just threw awesome. this together and no. they didn't care. And somebody really thing, cared. I think that's why I enjoyed it so much is that this wasn't a throwaway. Let's just make some money movie. The, the people who are in it, I, you can tell they're having they care about what they're doing. Um, and I thought that the people who created it cared about what they were doing. And so even though I'm watching a kid film and even though I'm, you know, watching something that I probably am not going to remember, you know, in depth for very long, it was still something that I was like, yeah, that was a, that was okay. Danae, you touch on something that could go in the positive section for me as well. You called it a kid film. Uh, it is PG, not even PG 13. They were very, very careful to, you know, any of the insinuated death. Or those kind of things were all completely off screen and without much impact. Yep. Like they, you know, even the ones that that had a story impact didn't have like a a, a scenic impact. There was no sound. There was no vision of it. You know, you just knew it happened. Yep. It was very intentional. Um, this is the kind of movie I would have loved as a kid. Right. Like I know. I, if I if I could get into my mm-hmm. eight year old brain. You know, or my ten-year-old brain. I'm and very watch close this mo- to my eight and ten-year-old brain. I think that's why I enjoyed I, it so much. That might be part of it. That might be part of it. But <laughs> I, I, I would have absolutely because you look at a movie like I don't know. Let's just say like the Neverending Story. There are a lot of flaws in that movie too. But when I was ten, oh, that yeah. movie was the bomb diggity. You this, know, this has that feel to it. To be honest, it has yeah. that kind of feel to it. Where like it's like yeah, I think this could be something that kids and families can really enjoy. Like the it's it's one that I would, you know recommend people getting the dvd for and taking home and having so the kids can watch yeah i just wanted to, to mention my 40 my year old eyes you know they didn't they didn't see it the same way exactly. but my my 10 year old eyes 
would have absolutely loved this thing. See, that's exactly what I was going to say, that this movie does a great job of, like, it's a kid's movie, but if you're looking for a movie for to bring back, like, a resurgence of your childhood nostalgia... It's great. I don't think it... I don't think it works, like, for me personally, I'm like, I want a movie that get, got me excited about that world, like Hook did with Robin Williams, or the oh. 1953 movie, and like, is it going to make me feel like a kid again, like, am I going to believe in happy thoughts, can I believe that I could fly, and I didn't, I didn't feel like a kid again when I was watching this movie. That's interesting, and I wonder if it's because they're focusing so much on Peter Pan, because, or, you know, his origin story, it's, it's, it's like his development in a way. And when you're watching Peter Pan, I mean, yeah, you're watching Peter Pan and Wendy, but you're putting yourself in the care into the shoes of the of the kids who are being taken away by Peter Pan. Like you're being swept away by Peter Pan. We weren't really invited into the movie the same way, right? And I'm wondering if that's sort of what you're. What and you're I think feeling. part of it also has to do with the fact that this character, Peter Pan, is not the Peter Pan we would get excited about being like so for instance oh, like right. yeah. you know a lot of this is wish fulfillment these kind of movies like oh i want to be able to do that and this peter pan was learning the ropes so much that i didn't necessarily want to be him and by the time yeah. he kind of became peter pan he still wasn't really peter pan not yet like not it was yet. just it, it was just it, so you never got that sense of oh that's amazing i would i would love to be able to do that you know yeah. kind yeah. of thing and that's that's a you know a big part of these kind of movies i did have one last positive that i had written down levi miller the kid who plays peter pan as far as a child actor goes he did a pretty good job i, I, that. Was, I also said that that yeah. was one of my positives too i thought he did a really great job i yeah. i thought he i thought he did fine especially i like that you qualified it as a child actor because child actors are hit and miss very much so. very much so and i thought he was more hit than miss I will say, and let's move this into kind of the, the issues that we had with the movie. I will say that for me, his performance is ind uh, indicating one of my major issues with the movie. I never felt emotion for him. Like, I never felt like I was a part of his world enough to, like, that the heart was there enough for me to really feel what we, he was going through. I understood what he was going through intellectually. I just never felt it. That's and the exactly. only the only performance I felt was Hugh Jackman, exactly. who was the bad guy, yeah. <laughs> you know. So if I'm not feeling yeah. the emotions of any of the protagonists, then I'm left in a place where I just don't care as much about the story and what's going on. If I were a really young child, I think I would be relating to this young Peter Pan character. And so maybe I would be experiencing emotion because I would be on that level. Mm. But the emotions that I experienced were like, visual excitement and uh like sometimes the the songs and the and the music would kick in and i'd feel something that way but as far as like feeling emotion in deep deep ways like i've maybe experienced in other movies mm -hmm. I, i'm with you there too it didn't go too deep for yeah, me Yeah, there was a little bit of a lack of heart for me overall uh it was one of my major issues andrew what about you or what are some of the things that that stood out as negatives in this. The biggest negative I have is Garrett Hedlund's performance as Captain Hook. No, oh, I can't wait to talk about this. It was very, very, very bad. <laughs> to me, he sounded like uh, Heath Ledger's Joker with a frog in his throat. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to go, you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> That's exactly what it sounded like to me. see a magic trick? Yeah. How about a magic trick? I'm like, <laughs> really? I, I, never once could I have believed that he would grow up quote unquote to become captain hook yeah never believed it for a second yeah interesting today you you looked like uh you that was my worst thing in yeah. totally i really did not enjoy that performance and i don't know if you guys noticed this but it was voiced over 
what? No, I didn't notice that. Because there were several times, and I was confused about what they were doing. There were several times where his mouth said heck, but the word said hell. Really? So there was that. That happened a couple times towards the beginning. Now, why would they but do then, that? That's interesting. But then later on, they'll say, you know, bloody hell or something like that. And it was fine. So I was like, okay, they're not concerned. And then Captain Hooks or Cook says hell again at some point. I'm like, okay, what was that? So maybe they just made it. It was weird. And I did I, not notice that. That's it, a very so, specific observation. So in my mind, I was like, okay, maybe I didn't see that. Maybe that wasn't right. But the way that he was speaking wasn't matching up sometimes with his mouth a little bit towards the very beginning. And so I was like, I wonder if they replaced the voice and we're not hearing the actual actor's voice the whole movie. I was thinking that because like you said, his vocal performance and his like the way that he was physically performing the mm-hmm. role were very distracting. It's very distracting to me. Um, and I mentioned this to Aaron earlier and I was like, I really didn't like the performance uh, from the, the hook character. And I really enjoyed the performance of the little boy that was playing Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, how did you respond to that? Uh, my response is basically, I think it's a, a uh, swing and a miss based on what he was asked to do. Like, I feel like he was very much directed to get, do that voice, give that character. And whereas, and we talked about this a little a uh, little bit ago, whereas um, Hugh Jackman can be over the top and still be have depth and believability, his over-the-top performance felt too over-the-top to where it wasn't believable and felt distracting. Um, so I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't blame him as much as I blame like the direction, the direction, okay. the, you know, where what he was he was asked to do, or maybe even the casting. Maybe they could have got somebody better when we're first you know, to do that. Introduced to his character, there's something that flips in him at some point when they go from where they start off together in their journey into like the next part of their adventure together. Yeah. And that very first part of them meeting how uh, Hook or James Hook and Peter Pan meet in this version, that environment, I don't know if it's just he was so more, he was more muted and almost seemed a little bit more reliable and wise. You know, he had these qualities that were interesting, but then once they break out into this next part of their adventure, it changes and he kind of gets a little bit crazy. And I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe that's just part, you know, of Captain Hook. But at least just a little bit nutty. At least it's interesting. Like, at least there's something it interesting there. It is distracting. But at least there's something there where you go, okay, Captain Hook, the character we know, has to be a little off. The guy is a little crazy, right? So you have to see a seed of that yeah. in this character somewhere. And there was like the flourishes of the hand and the gestures. So I think, again, I once you said that about your perspective on the performance aspect, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, you know, maybe that's I just think true. he missed. I think it was a, it, the, I just think it was a a bad effort at a good idea. When, when you have somebody like, uh, when you have a performance like what he's doing, in the same scene with a child actor who is wide-eyed and a bland tiger lily who is that's just, what i, I was, wanted I to get to, to. She i think is it's the background it's, yeah she's the she was the worst performance for me because she wasn't interesting at all so i think maybe we're at that in that kind of place where his performance is standing out even more because it is so much more vibrant mm-hmm. than the other two characters that are often with him. Although I do want to mention Smee, who uh, though we're kind of in the stuff that we didn't like as much. Um, he, when he was in there, I thought that James worked better. Or 
that Hook worked better because they kind of play off of each other pretty well. I, not enough Smee. Not enough Smee. He was I, good. He, I thought he was he good, was and, and they didn't they didn't use him in the right no. way. I just felt like his character was so misused. Yeah. In this and yeah. underused. Um, and, and I thought he was good, but I just want to get back to Tiger Lily just to emphasize that was the biggest miss in the movie for me, acting wise. I I, I don't I don't get yeah. the casting. I don't get the performance. I don't get the costuming. I don't get any of that. This what they did with you the know, natives. The, I just I don't get it. The natives' outfits reminded me a little bit of um, Hook. You know when they with the, like the Lost Boys Hook and yeah. just kind of that sort of like fun, free, uh, a lot of fabric, a lot of color, which mm-hmm. I think is it was really beautiful to look at. So, but I understand what you're saying because that's a whimsical part of Neverland, right? Like. Mm-hmm. But they did combine in some kind of this element of whimsicalness with natives, and 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 it did lose a little bit of maybe what Tiger Lily was when we were reading the books and watching the show when we were kids. And I don't buy for a second. Uh, is this a spoiler? I don't. I don't buy for a second the relationship she had with with Hook. No, I don't. Don't buy that for a second. Whatever that was, I don't buy it. Yeah, it's a confusing. It, it 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 attempts to go into confusing directions. I didn't it buy never it. Lands story really wise. There. I didn't buy it. Character wise. I didn't buy it. Performance wise. It just it it did not work for me at it, all. It seems to me the writer of this film saw the 1953 like uh, Disney cartoon. He's like he saw it once. And he's like I can make a prequel. He didn't know any of what could be considered lore of like the backstory of how some characters meet up with each other. And I'm like. Because that that's, doesn't make sense. You know, for me, me, when you're starting an origin story, they can all start off as friends. They can all start off. I mean, they don't necessarily. They're not quite friends in the film throughout the most of it. Um, you know, there's ups and downs in all these different kinds of ways that they're interacting. But I find myself kind of trying to fill in the gap with imagination and saying, you know, maybe these guys were really good friends at the beginning, and then something happens, and then we see their story develop when we meet up with them later on with the stories that we know. So, do you know? Yeah, no. It, well, it left a lot of room. Yeah. For sequels to develop that stuff, and I think purposefully so. I actually have several other things on the negative side. Okay. I have uh, one, but I want to ask you guys: music could that be considered a spoiler? Or can we talk about that now? Uh, we already kind of mentioned it. I think it's fine. Let's just put it this way, and we'll talk about this next. Okay. There is music in Neverland that is anachronistic. Yeah. In in other words, it's music that was written way after World War II, where the story you know takes way, place. <laughs> way way after World War II. That not yeah. only that not only not only is in the background, but the peop the actors are singing it. Yeah. As a part of like a like a warrior chant kind of thing. Yeah. I really wish we did our spoilers live sometimes, <laughs> because I want to feel the reaction when we talk about the song that they sing. That's going to be a really fun thing. But yeah, I think we should wait on that. Two songs that they sang. I'm yeah. Like, really? It's probably more. Uh, it, here's here's where I went. I went, um, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's Neverland. Okay, I'll give it to you. You know, and it's just like, you know, whatever. It's Neverland. Anything can happen. Maybe Neverland exists outside of time. Yeah. They have access to, you know. But you had to do that at the very beginning of the movie, though. Did it seem yeah. like a cop-out? Like, we, we're not uh, witty enough or we don't have time to come up with our own music. We're just going <laughs> to steal this and hopefully some but people... But you know what? That scene... Was my favorite scene of the movie because and, it was the introduction of Blackbeard. Yes, so it's so it's hard for me to dislike the choice when I love that scene so much. It was a and great I, scene, and Absolutely. I don't know how much of that depends on that choice of music. I think personally, they could have chosen 
any random song and just the way his demeanor and the way he carried himself, we would have believed it and sure. we would have thought it was an amazing scene. So you take him out of that because remember, he comes out halfway through that song and the, before that you're like, what, what, what? And I then know. as soon as he comes out, you're like, oh, okay, so you could have taken any song that was just originally composed and you would have thought it was an incredible scene. I, I, that's what I think. Could be, could be. I uh I I remember I forget what the movie was called. I think it it was Knight's Tale maybe or something. Yeah, it was, it was a Knight's Heath movie. Ledger. Heath Ledger and they come out and they're doing We, we will, will Rock You. We will rock you in the stands. Yeah. It's not that bad for me. Like that just annoyed the snot out of me. This this is more like okay, you can kind of give them the fa- you know the fantastical element, you know, and give a little grace it's on it. It's funny you mention that because in this movie, whenever that song came on, the first thing I thought of was Knight's Tale. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I thought of. I'm like, you had that feel. Oh, you you're doing that thing again. Okay, I remember when you did that and how it. Question didn't work. in the chat was, did they bust out the song Whip Nene? <laughs> and I was able to thankfully say no, that was not the song. Oh, I was oh, going to you say you're going to have to wait for the spoilers. Uh, you missed it. You missed it. And you then, didn't see Tinkerbell doing the whip nay nay? And then the BDG <laughs> says Tiger Lily whips her hair. Whips her hair. Whips <laughs> yeah. her hair back and forth. Yep. Yeah, no, she's not even that interesting. I don't even think she whips her hair back and forth. <laughs> no. And it's funny kind because of. Rooney Mara is normally an incredible actress. I don't know what happened, man. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was, I just, the more she was on screen, the more I just was bored. I personally still liked her performance more than Gar- uh, than a hooks. But at least his, at least he was trying for something, you know? At least it was interesting in some way i'd rather I see somebody try good. and spectacularly fail than just to stand in the background i think she was trying to be just i don't want to say bland i think she was trying to not overact it and i think she failed on one spectrum where garrett headland failed on the other could end be. of that spectrum. that's a good way to say it i think that's fair i think that her character could have been completely received different like we would have really received her performance differently if they would have done one key thing with her um, and made her like, because she's like the warrior princess, right? Mm -hmm. So she should have been the warrior, you know, and should have played that role the entire time. Yeah. You know, and she does get to fight and she does get to do the cool things. We do get to see her do that. But there's a, there's a moment in the movie where she takes a back seat. And I think that's whenever I got confused about who she was. I got to tell you, even in the quote unquote moments she got to do that parts, I still felt like she was in the backseat. Like I, yeah, Here, even in a, those fight scenes. Here's a but good it was way beautiful to put the it. whole time, so that's it cool. Was, it was yeah. beautiful. Here's a good way to put it. Uh, they were given two different directions. The director told Rooney Mara, okay, we're going for a realistic, down-to-earth Peter Pan movie. And then he told Garrett Hedlund, we're going for this crazy, colorful Tim Burton, massive character. Hunger Games Hunger looking. Game. Yeah. And that's the performance. So you couldn't zero chemistry between every single person in that movie. Yeah, you got you feel almost like he was told this is your chance to be, you know, Johnny Depp and pirates. You know, yeah. this is Ooh, your perfect. This Except, is your chance to do something like that and be weird, and and it just it just missed. It just didn't work. It's amazing we're talking about so many negatives, and yet we're all okay with the movie <laughs> i think it's, it's just that, it's kind of the nitpicky stuff it's it's that I mean, fantasy aspect of it um but like i said there are a it, lot of flaws it, here those flaws keep it in a realm where like if it could have been tweaked a little bit it would have taken it from a kid's movie into like a really impactful movie like you're talking about earlier with w- wishing it was something like hook for example let me check in on a couple more things 
uh cg i thought the cg of the flying boy was awful terrible i i like there were times i mean i was just like are you kidding me we just went to polar express <gasps> that's like, exactly what i was I, thinking of polar I, like, express we are in is the a, uncanny is valley terrifying. that it's, is a terrifying movie I, I was just like this is i cannot believe in in today's day and age you i mean it was like oh real boy oh fake boy <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. Okay. Okay. I wasn't the only yeah, one that no, saw that. For sure. A every time he flew, it was just it was over for me. It was just like ah. Here's a teaser for the spoiler area. I'm just gonna say two words, and I'm just gonna quit right there. Last Airbender. I want to see if you guys know what I'm talking about. I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. You've Wait, seen you the TV show. Oh yeah. The TV <laughs> show. Okay. Oh oh yeah yeah. Okay, so do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I'm excited to, to okay. find out what you're referencing later. I mean, I okay. love The Last Airbender, so yeah. I'm just missing something. But uh, And then the... Uh, oh, actually, I think I mentioned... Oh, no, no, no. The other thing I wanted to check in on are the winks and nods throughout the movie. I liked those. Okay, they I wanted used... to see if you liked them or didn't like them. I think what? I fell on the side of not liking them, but... I'm assuming you're talking about like where a character would use I'm... a common phrase that you would see, yes. what you I would have heard. A, I think I can give a good one that's... Not a spoiler because it has nothing to do with the story. But, you know, at one point, uh, Captain Hook says something about, you don't have to crow about it. You, you didn't that's, that's a direct reference from, yeah. you know. I loved it. Okay. So, for me, it's just like. I loved it. It's, it feels forced in some way. And instead of, like, loving it, I just go, come See, on. See, for me, it became. Make it, was, it feel natural, it you know. It was part of, like, their, part of the lingo of what would be going on, you know. There were, um, there were parts where I agree with Aaron and parts I agree with you. Parts like uh, when you find out Hook's afraid of crocodiles like yes. i like that part because it's it's a it's a reminder that this is a prequel and that these characters do have emotions that are going to impact them later on there's a First, moment in that scene that i want to talk about in the spoilers okay. that i didn't like but i overall i don't mind that that feels natural first clue would have been that he has both hands <laughs> oh and <laughs> that it's a prequel his hand that yeah. it's a prequel yeah 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 so uh <laughs> also Peter Pan is very. I think very that's young. fair. I think that's. I think they're hit and miss. Yeah, I do think some I of didn't them were. Mind it. I just some of them I rolled my eyes at. The crow one I rolled my eyes at. There were a couple others that I listed, but I don't. I don't need to go into all of them. But um, but yeah, the one. Okay, I do have. I want to say the one more because it really was the worst one for me. Where he was like, um, I forget who said it, but somebody told you know James Hook. Well, it's you know, or he said something like you know, well, I'm not a pirate, and then. Somebody said, "Oh yes,", yes. I yes. was like, "Oh, I, I hated like that. that. I hated that. I don't like that either." That's such. I mean, it's so forced, and it's like it, it presumes pre-knowledge that they don't have of some. You know, like why would you say that unless you knew that he would be some? I don't know. It just it felt really forced. So that was probably the main example for me yeah. of those things. Yeah, that was the most forced one. That that definitely sat with me awkwardly. Are we ready for one last thing before we move on? Yeah, I think we're ready. All right, today you want to start. What's your one last thing about Pan? I would wait until this is something that maybe plays on TV for the adults, you know, and just have it on and kind of watch it. There are some really beautiful things I think people could enjoy. Um, I don't know that it's something like you need, like a, a must see, but I thought Hugh Jackman did a great job and I think it's worth watching to see his performance in it. And, um, and I thought that the big fight scene at the end is really interesting and and creative so it's kind of like one of those where if you just have nothing else to do but 
put a movie on and just watch it this could be this could be that one i'll go next uh and i will answer the question in the comments is it as forced as the catchphrases in fantastic four no nothing is as forced as the catchphrases in fantastic four (laughs) they are awful um so no not quite on that level uh my one last thing i wanted to talk about the sense of humor in this movie i didn't think it worked i thought the movie was cute at points Uh, i thought the movie was silly at points but i never felt like this movie was funny there were well, there weren't a lot of moments where I laughed. If you did laugh, it was at Smee. Yeah, I, maybe. But even that, like, I just never felt during this movie. Oh, this is hilarious. You know, oh, like, there's no, some movies no, no. like like we were watching The Martian last week. This huge drama, and it was hilarious. You yeah. know, this movie just it wasn't really funny, and I felt that that was a miss, and that may be part of the reason. You know, for some of the down reaction. I'm What's getting I'm getting chat? razzed in chat. Oh yeah. Ah, fight scene. Have you no sense of spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> There are no helicopters. No helicopters. Good, good to mention. Yeah. Is that true? I don't know. I kind of consider those pirate ships helicopters. Those pirate ships are cool. Yeah, they were pretty amazing. What's your one last thing, Andrew? Demon nuns. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Demon nuns. Right? Yeah. Those nuns are terrifying. Well, at least the, especially the head nun. Whoa. Yeah. My goodness. She basically barks like a dog and when hisses. she talks. She hisses. She yeah. literally hisses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was scary. That was no joke. Yeah. If you have a nun aversion, don't yeah, go. I, Just... You know, there. over the last few weeks, I've decided a couple of things. I don't ever want to climb Everest, and I don't ever want to be an orphan in London during World War II. I, I just, just never want to be in London. Think of Try and think of a single movie where London has been portrayed as happy. Think of think list one okay, movie like, where uh, good things happen in London. Um, All right, chat, probably, we're looking you. Probably the Beatles movies, maybe. Those are lighthearted. Like uh, help? Is that in is the parts of that in London? I don't know. I'm stretching, man. Yeah. Nothing. It's always gloomy. It's always like dark and brooding. Lemis. There's always pirate ships. Lemis. <laughs> that was Paris. That's funny on oh, several oh, right. levels. Right, That's... it's Paris. <laughs> v for Vendetta. <laughs> oh, the Shanghai okay. Nights. I'm not asking. I'm not asking for great movies because <laughs> honestly, a lot of good things didn't happen in London during V for Vendetta. It was just a fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they're just proving your point. Yeah. That's yeah. what's happening. That's funny. Uh, so yeah. Overall, uh, Danae liked it. We I did. Kind of liked it, but there's just too many flaws to I really was, get behind it. I was gonna say I was leaning more towards didn't like it, but I'm just gonna stick with indifferent because again. I'm not the target audience for this movie. If you want to take your kids to this movie, I'm sure they'll have a magnificent time watching it. I think so. Although the kids in the theater with this didn't seem to be having a great Shut time. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! The mom wasn't having a good time. Holy cow. Yeah, there was that a little, was There was a little bit of family squabbling going on a few rows ahead of us. That was, uh, that was awkward. Although, I will take that over the bringing your children to, like, the rated R movies that happens, like, every single time. 101 Dalmatians? Was that in London? 101 Dalmatians. That was, that was New York. Or was it? It might have been London. BD oh. says, yes, it was. All right. It was still gloomy. We may. We may <laughs> it was it about was. dog murder. It was about dog murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> What's so happy about dog murder? Do you really think, how big would that coat have been if she oh, murdered all 101 oh, of those Dalmatians? Awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would, she'd, she'd have had a few coats out of that, I think. Yeah. And on that note, we shall, uh, move on, talk a little bit about, um, (laughs) before that though, can we make the big announcement today? Can we go ahead and make this announcement on the podcast? I would love to tell our nearest and dearest 
that that we've let got it, some really let cool it be news. known okay go ahead we are doing a live podcast recording oh, yes. in front of an audience. We uh, have been asked to do the podcast live at a local coffee shop uh, in November. They are Classic Rock Coffee is the name of the company. You should go to the website, Classic Rock Coffee. Just Google it. You'll see it. And you can actually do a tour and you'll see the room we're in. It's on stage. There's lighting. We're going to have a live band there. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting live on Friday, the 20th of November. Mm-hmm. It'll be an evening broadcast. Evening broadcast. We're still going to do our show regularly for yeah. Sith Pop. We'll this is going to be Pop. like a mm-hmm. special event, and we're going to be broadcasting live. We're going to have special events. Uh, we will have our special guests. Special rather. guests, prizes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a blast. And uh, also, uh, the band Nate and the Saints from Curb Records is going to be performing. Um, we got a chance to hang out with Nate a little bit, and uh, he's here in the area, and, and uh, I think he's going to be a great friend of the show. Uh, we may have some exciting announcements to make at that live show about yes, the future will, of uh, Shoe the Dough so and the different podcasts that we do. Just just be continuing to send us love. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. The positive messages that we get from you and all the fun times that we always have together. It's really been an encouraging thing because we do have some super fun stuff. Not even on the back burner. It's all on the front burner. We just have to wait for it to get to the right temperature. Yeah, to, there's, there's to some big announcements coming, it. and we're really excited to give I, those to I you. I want to spoil it, but I, <laughs> I just I can't yet. We can't. So. so November 20th in Springfield, Missouri at Classic Rock Coffee. If you can make it, we would love to see you. We'd love to p- pack that place out. What, how many f- do you think we could fit in there? In I'm that thinking room? about 100 and something. Yeah, between 100 and 200? We'll see. Somewhere in that we're hoping range. To hit, we're hoping to hit 100. That's our goal. Have and 100 people there live for the show. In the chat, as we've been talking, Shoe the Dough Tour is already something that we've been thinking about. And it's definitely something that's possible considering we can be mobile. It's just all about logistics and timing. And because we do travel from time to time to Nashville and to Florida, those might be two places that we could consider doing another kind of live venue at some point in time. So if you have any ideas for us, you can send us emails. Aaron and Danae at gmail.com with any ideas. It'll be different, huh? Being like in like in a room with your live audience. See, we do the live audience thing. Like we have, you know, people in chat who we chat with and during the show and we like broadcasting live, but man, to have people like responding in the room, that's gonna be interesting. What's cool too is that we probably like if we did go to Nashville, just as an example, like for our next one, I'm just making huge big assumptions here. <laughs> yes, you are. That would be so much fun. We could get an artist to join us for that one too. They're everywhere. We oh, could just I know. walk out there. I know. I, who, I know. I who I could book for uh, for our Sift Pop segment. Oh yeah. Yeah, Mr. Cinema Sins, <gasps> my friend Jeremy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's there in Nashville. Maybe instead of continuing to dream about the far, far future, though, we should continue <laughs> to plan because we've got a lot well, to Josh do between is now in Nashville as well. November twentieth. I know. For we our friend so from do that. our friend from uh, Nether Region. Okay. Is in Nashville as well. So. Yeah, that could be that could be interesting. A lot of fun. Thank you guys for your continued support, your support at Patreon that makes it possible. Uh, dollar a month, three dollars a month, just to help us out. Thanks again to so many who uh, believe in what we do enough to put a couple bucks our way every month. It means the absolute world to us. Yeah. Let's talk Muppets. Muppets. It's time to something something. <laughs> That's, they don't use that. <laughs> well, they kind of do. They reference it. Um, I would like to say that the introduction to the Muppets was so like what well, was like office and 
there's a couple of other TV shows that it really reminds me of. Oh yeah, are... yeah, it's a mockumentary. It's it's yeah. it's the it's the Office. It's Parks and Rec. It's you know Modern Family. Yeah, you know where they, the characters break and talk to the camera about what's going on. Like there's a you know a film crew there filming what they're doing. Thirty Rock mm-hmm. has that feel to it. That yes, I loved it. I had such a good time with it, but I didn't expect it. I did not expect that. I didn't watch any previews or anything, so I had no idea what to expect. So that was kind of fun to see them in like modern world, like we're in the background. They've got like a board with all the sticky notes on it, and it's a really developed environment. You know, the the scenery is very full, so I was really excited to see that. Somebody mentioned, and I'll mention this, and then let's let's get into our kind of initial overall thoughts. Uh, so I heard somebody mention, and I totally agree with this. When the Muppets started originally, they were kind of making light of the. Uh, modern variety shows that were taking over television where like, you know, they, people would have guests on and performances. And so they were doing that. This is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're making fun of that modern, you know, mockumentary and yep. doing it show. at the same time. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought that was an interesting point. So what did you guys think? Andrew, start with you overall. What do you think? I'm beyond infatuated with this show. I love it from, it, I think there's only three episodes that are out right now. Mm-hmm. Every single episode has been beyond hilarious. I'm loving it. It is definitely different from what you we watched as kids, like with Muppet Babies and like Muppet Christmas Carol. It's more adult themed, like uh, Fozzie and Kermit get drunk in a bar. I mean, <laughs> come on, you don't... <laughs> That's a that's a little bit different. Well, and they're they're having you know Muppet relations. They're having yeah. Muppet <laughs> I mean, not on screen or anything, but I'm just saying it's yeah. very much evident. They're talking about their their puppet sex and, lives and drug, yes, and drug use and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's the show is if you can go into it with an open mind, but at the same time you do. I felt like a little kid watching the show, and I know I should be getting into this more later on. I'm supposed to. Be no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You thoughts. obviously have strong feelings, so that's good. I know. But as soon as I saw the show was coming back, like with the trailers and stuff that were on TV, I was like, oh, Muppets is coming back. And then when I watched the show, I'm like, oh, this is going to be special. This is going to be special. (laughs) what about you? I am so exactly with you, Andrew. You smitten that much? I had such a fun time. The first episode, I was laughing and clapping, and I just I I was was, literally clapping. Yes, I don't. I know part of it is just that I I love love the Jim Henson Company. I love what they do. I love that they I love that puppets Muppets are on ABC television that yeah. they have a place in our society, you know. Mm-hmm. There's this feel to it too where they did kind of like go by the wayside, then they had the movie where they came back, you know, and then the movie was about them coming back mm-hmm. and then they're kind of actually back now. So they're riding this really fun wave and I felt like the writing was fun and clever and I I was kind of in two places. I was back in my childhood complete nostalgia over the moon to see these characters it was really interesting to experience the kind of like exuberance that i was experiencing i was surprised at my own excitement and so it was like (laughs) double excitement you know but then there was also this part of me that was like either i have become very perverted in my adult life and the Muppets are now perverse or they're just more perverse. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you go back and you'll watch like a TV show or a movie There was or some something. of that stuff with the original show. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. And you don't pick up on it because you're a kid watching right. it, you know? And so... But not necessarily in the movies. There's not a lot of that in the Muppet movies. Yeah. Like, so that's what my thing is. I'm like, either I've just gone gutter or... Like, or they have. <laughs> or they are really going into that more adult. And kind of started looking around at forums, things like that, and I'm glad that you kind of brought it up too. I think they're just, 
they're full on embracing the adult version of these characters. These characters have been around for a long time and here we're getting to see something kind of new. So I was shocked a couple times because the Muppets are doing things and saying things I've never either known that they've said before. I'm just, yeah. just cluing in because I'm more adult now. I don't know. Um, so I was shocked and I was also excited. So I guess I get to be the, the lone voice of dissent here. Uh, I did not have that euphoric experience that you guys had. In fact, I didn't like the first episode. Now, when I say that... You are in the majority. Really? I, every single forum and chat room I've been on, people don't like the show. Okay. Really? So, I don't get it because I love it. All right, well, let me explain what I experienced. Okay. And yeah, I've yeah. Actually Andrew, come, we have I've so actually, much work to do. We've got to go <laughs> save everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can only tell you my own personal experience. Uh, and I've come around a little bit, but during that first episode, and I don't know if, if it's some level of prudishness or, you know, whatever it is, I was like, these, aren't the, these aren't the Muppets I know. They're not the Muppets I've fallen in love with. No, they're not. Um, they're, and, they're different. And, That's true. And, and I felt the twinge of this. And we even talked about this when they announced their breakup, like several months before the show started. Yeah. And there was something about that that tweaked me wrong. And I was just like, That's not that's not why I go to the Like, I don't go to the Muppets to live in the real world. I, I go to the Muppets, you know, for kind of this fantasy world where, you know, I, I get to escape okay. that and everything's okay. Yeah. And, the, you know, they have adventures and they do fun stuff. So it, a lot of that comes from my expectations and what I put on these characters that I, you know, that I love. Right. What I realized in watching the first three episodes after that first episode is this is a brilliantly written TV show. Very, the writing in this is so good. very smart. Very smart and very, very funny. And what they get right, and this is what I do love about the show, what they get right is the thing that the Muppets have always gotten right, is the idea of Muppets being a natural part of the real world. Mm -hmm. When when normal human beings interact with them. Like when Fozzie goes on a date yes, and meets the parents, yes. the, and they're like, you know, you're a bear, and you know, you go to the bathroom in the woods, and he's like, I take offense to that. <laughs> yeah. That is a stereotype. Yeah, they don't say you're a Muppet. They say no, you're a bear. A bear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it interesting? I So they get that part right enough, and that's clever enough, and the take they're doing on current TV shows mm -hmm. is clever enough that I have fallen a little bit in love with the show in that way. I just, I almost wish it was a different set of Muppets. Like, the, it wears on the nostalgia for me a little bit for these kids. Like, I don't want to see the depressed and down Kermit all the time. You know what I mean? Like, who's dealing with, you Being, know, job woes and all this. It's just like, I, that's not... I know, but to see him as a person, like, as a person... Sure. ...who has to who has been putting on this show... A frog show, person, but yes. <laughs> ...you know, for all these years and keeping it together for all these years. And we're finally getting to crack into that part of him that is stressed out that, you know, it's that dynamic of going into a person and seeing that other side of them. And it can be disappointing. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm on the side that I like it mm -hmm. is because I have come to this place where I'm just like, these are dynamic individuals. They have dynamic <sighs> feelings and experiences. And, and I think that's where I've landed. Although I completely relate with you, Aaron, because when they first started to do like the the very sexual conversation that they had in episode one, it's just through the whole thing. There's like these sexual comments and things like that. And, you know, even in how Kermit talks about meeting his new girlfriend mm -hmm. and, you know, he kind of like does like the pause and then he chooses his next word carefully to describe mm -hmm. their relationship. And mm -hmm. you just there's all this very thick undertone of, mm -hmm. of uh, sexuality and things like that. I, I did feel a little bit like. Oh, I didn't think I was going to have to be thinking about these things mm -hmm. with these yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. now I'm thinking about these things with these characters. Right. And it does change it just a little bit. 
I'm, I guess I'm just, I have a choice to make. I'm either going to choose to like go along with it and enjoy it or let him ruin the Muppets and I'm not going to let him ruin the Muppets for me. <laughs> I love the Muppets too much. It reminds me in some ways, this is probably a poor analogy, but I'm going to use it anyway. It reminds me of the Star Wars Christmas special. Where you've got the these, Chewbacca one? Yeah, where you've oh, got that these. Oh, so bad. I know. Where you've got <laughs> these characters that you know from this universe, and then you put them in this whole different setting. It's like those aren't the characters. You know what I mean? So it's like it treats them in a different way. So except I, for that, these characters are doing exactly what we've seen them do before. They're putting on a show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is that. That is they true. They are. They're in their in their element. We're seeing them meet before the show to talk about this and that. We're seeing, and I love how it's so smartly done. They cut between their scenes. Miss Piggy is about to interview somebody. Then it cuts to behind the scenes and Miss Piggy is on the camera behind the scene, you know, in the back of uh, of their like studio area. Yeah. And, and it's somebody else watching her, you know, live. You're you're moving through like 30 Rock. You're moving through, you know, this. It's really, really smartly done. And oh, it's it's genius. And, it's brilliantly written. And the people that are going to be wanting to get involved in this are endless. The celebrities that want to come and play with the Muppets. It's, and those work. It's By the way, the celebrity they, cameos work. They uh, work really, Bergeron really well. Is hilarious. Dave, oh my, that was so funny. So I'm hoping that they kind of find their groove. They find yeah. that that they find the lines that they want to kind of go into, and you know, things do change. There are. Uh, franchises that change there are storylines that change there are characters that change and From, I think that that's part of the I think the, the struggle is the Muppets have always been in many ways amoral to me like I didn't have to worry about moral questions with them yeah and in this universe now I'm judging the Muppets like I'm judging their moral choices yeah it's you know little, what I mean it's yeah. a little it's just it's weird and I don't like I don't like being put in that position you know where I'm like you know, second guessing their moral choices as puppets. <laughs> you know it is what something I mean? that you want to consider before, you know, maybe sitting down and watching this with kids because oh, for sure. there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a really, really good chance that all of a sudden your child is going to be asking you questions that are going to come up from not just insinuated sexuality, but direct commentary mm -hmm. um, or, you know, that that might be something that well, let's be careful. I don't want people to think it's explicit. No. It's not explicit. I would no. put it in middle school humor. Because Yeah, I would agree with that. Because, you know, drinking and stuff like that, that's what kids in middle school talk about. You know, it's not like this is a dark HBO awful <laughs> show. No, no. Game it's, of Muppets. I would put it in the same comedy realm of what you would find in Modern Family or Parks and yes. Rec. No, I totally agree. And that was an interesting conversation we we had. Was you were like, has T is this? You thought it was more dirty than most TV, and I said, you you haven't been paying attention to other TV shows. If you think that, yeah. I mean, it's the it's the same level. And of maybe it's more. because I well, but I felt that they really laid it on thick the first episode. I felt like it was not as thickly laid on as far as like shocking statements in episode two and episode three. I think it's just a reaction to seeing but, the Muppets do it. But maybe I maybe think that's that is. What it is. Um, or, or do you think they were trying to make a statement like? Hey, yeah, just maybe. isn't just as, this is what the show. This is the stuff fair you warning. could find. In yeah, the show. Fair, warning. fair warning. Could be. Uh, Spartan Knight mentions in the comment the Muppets were originally uh, so when Jim Henson first created them, they were not always family friendly. Oh no, they were the, when their creation yeah. was not intended. They just became that because people loved them so much. And mm -hmm. the movies then uh, reinforced that uh, that aspect of them. So, in all honesty, if people say this is the Muppets getting back to their intentional, you know, their original purpose, they're yeah. probably right. Yeah. That I mean, this is. You know what Jim Henson was thinking when he created them, likely. See, I personally, I love this side of the Muppets, and I also love the childhood, f child-friendly version of the Muppets. 
I'm with both ends. I love it to death. And yeah. this is one. If you're young or if you're old enough, you remember this as the old show, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, they're they're bringing it full circle now. And 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 boldly so, you know, they're they're being bold about it. And I really am enjoying it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be a fan of the show. Um, and I, I hope that it gains some momentum with other people. I mean, watching Muppets on the television, it's just, it, it's its an interesting experience mm-hmm. because I'm used to seeing them in cartoons. I'm used to seeing them in movies. I'm used to, you know, so it's its like tuning into Modern Family. It's, I'll keep watching. I if, if for no other reason than, than the humor. It is very, but my kids won't be watching. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's kind of where I land. I am. Um... After I watched the show and I was so in love with all the episodes, I went on the uh, message boards just to see, oh man, people are going to love this show just as much as I did. And when I found out that I was in the minority, that a lot of people don't like the show, I actually got like anxious. I'm like, oh no, I have to save this show somehow. <laughs> I know, that's, yeah. that's what I feel I was too. Like, I got to tell people to watch this show. I have to make people watch the show. I gotta, Tweet about it. I, yeah, I have to. Clockwork Orange style. Whatever I can to do. to Kermit. We but, should write to Kermit and let him know that we're we're on board. Yeah. Let Kermit Yay! know. <laughs> Which finally they did. <laughs> nice. the door. They're big fans of my show. Yeah. <laughs> what if he mentions us on the show? Oh man. That'd be so fun. Um yeah, we're we're available for cameos. <laughs> yeah. Just just so you know. So everybody knows. Well, thanks guys. Any other thought any one more thing on the Muppets? I'm pretty clean. Nope, I'm I've, good. I've said of my piece. Uh, one last thing. I love how they're not making them out to be the huge celebrities we know them as. Like, people aren't going down the street like, oh my gosh, that's Kermit the Frog. You know, well, I don't know are... the Miss Piggy thing. No, like okay, if... with Miss Piggy, she is the celebrity. Right, okay, okay. But everybody else, like the Gonzos and the Rizzos, they're just sitting right. in the bar and people are just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, Miss Piggy doesn't even know who they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No longer safe with Kermit was mentioned in the in the chat. Nice. Perfect. Danae, did you have anything else you want to hit nope, on the Muppets? No, I think I'm good. Excellent. All right, let's do very quickly our buried treasure for mm. this week. And Aaron, you want to start? Uh, sure, I can start. Absolutely. I'm going to go with another TV show. Uh, this may happen here in the next few weeks because there are so many that are coming out that I'm checking out. Uh, I was not expecting to like this show. I'd heard negative things about it, but I am on board with Limitless. I have enjoyed the transition it's made from a movie to a TV show. Now, if you remember the original TV sh- or original movie was Bradley Cooper and he takes the, you know, the pill and all of a sudden has access to his entire brain. The one of the things I really love about this is Bradley Cooper is involved. He's in some of the scenes. He's his character from the movie is a part of this universe still. And it expands this universe in a way that I think is interesting. And I like the main guy who's playing the main character. I think he's you know, fun to hang out with. Here's a question for you. Do you think that the shtick of it has lasting life or that it'll go on? Or do you think it's just going to be like a one or two season show and the people are going to be tired of it? Like, so okay, here's, we get it. He's smart. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. The idea of solving mysteries never gets old. Since Sherlock Holmes, the the mystery-solving thing has been in all forms of media, there's always a new way to paint it, always a new thing to do. Uh, I, I remember a friend saying when CSI, the very first CSI in Las Vegas, debuted, that was his exact comment to me. He was like, that's going to get old so fast. Nobody's going to want to watch another, you know, how a crime scene is going to be solved by, you know, oh, the shoe was untied in yeah. five versions of CSI later. That's very, very true. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? True. So I think it all has to do with the writing of the mystery. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the the concept. Concepts can always be broadened into mystery. And so that's why I, I think it, it has that potential. Now, will it maintain interest? I don't know. 
you never know that uh, there's a lot of factors but for right now you're on board for right now i'm on board and i've seen the just the first two so i usually like to see three before i make you know kind of a final call but i really like those first two episodes interesting yep so limitless is my buried treasure this week danae you want to go next yep i'm gonna go with one of my favorite web comics um as most of you know i love web comics i've used to read them all the time um and i've finished several but there's one right now called what birds know and the people who have been writing this one for years now are bringing the storyline to a close so the good thing about mentioning a a webcomic that's coming to a close means that if you start reading it and you're just absorbing it and you just go through it really really fast you don't have to wait too long to see everything kind of come together so there are other web comics that are going to be going on for years and years and years and years and years. In fact, there was one that I read that went on for like, I think I read it daily, Monday through Friday for four years before it ended. And it had been going on for many years before that. Every single day they added something new. So there's tons of them out there. But this particular one's really good. It's It's got a mystery and I like the, the drawings in it. Again, it's called What Birds Know. Are birds involved? I can't tell you. Oh. It's all a secret. Sorry about that. Suspense is killing me. I'm going to link it in the chat, and then, of course, it'll be in our shoe notes. Um, on Speaking our of webcomics, I briefly saw several uh, several panels from something called, like, Heart and Brain or Heart Heart versus Brain or something. I thought those were hilarious, if you want to look those up online. Go Interesting. ahead. Um, I am going to be promoting a podcast. Do it. Ooh. Yes. It is, it's not like a talk show podcast. Is it your own podcast? It Are you log rolling? Own. Okay. No. That's fine. I mean, if you want to log roll, that's fine. I just, you know. Um Flick Freaks podcast. You <laughs> um, no, this is actually a leading up story to Halo 5. Okay. Um, a lot of people just know Halo as just a random video game with like, oh, you're a cyborg man who's shooting aliens. It's kind of the original first person shooter, wasn't it? I mean, oh, Doom was well, the one. I mean, I mean, the one where the where FPSs became like. You could probably make the case that for console FPSs, you can give a lot of credit for console FPSs to Halo. Yeah. But, it was um, the first one I remember my friends trying to drag me into. Mm-hmm. And um, there was actually a book that came out a long time ago. It was called The Fall of Reach. And you find out that, oh, wait, there's actually an incredible story behind Halo. They're making a movie, right? Uh, they've been making a movie forever. Okay. But um, actually, uh, District 9, the long time ago, that was actually supposed to be the Halo movie. Oh, interesting. And half of the scenes from that movie were what you would have seen in Halo. But they, um, uh, what's his name? Peter Jackson quit halfway through. He's like, no, I'm not going to make the Halo movie because you're not making it the way it should be done. Mm. So they gave it to Neil Blomkamp who made District 9 with what those scenes would have been. <laughs> and it turned out to be a great movie. But uh, back to this. Um, you find out after reading this book, oh wait, there's this amazing story of how Master Chief is actually, there's a dark story of how he was actually kidnapped as a child and he was genetically engineered to become this soldier. He was kidnapped by the government. And this is before like the aliens and stuff were invading, stuff like that. And now there's this podcast, it's called Hunt the Truth, which actually has a remarkable cast behind it for voice actors and stuff. They have um, Keegan-Michael Key, Phil Lamar, Troy Baker, uh, what's his name, uh, Kobe Smulders, Camille mm-hmm. Nanjiani's in this as well. Interesting. And you're listening to this and you're like, so this is a podcast which writing is up there with what you would find in an Aaron Sorkin, like, political. Really cool. 
you're like, wait a minute, this is actually a good story. And I'm glad that it's happening because a lot of people think a podcast is talking heads, which is what most podcasts are. That's what our podcast is. is blah, you know, blah, 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 talking heads. <laughs> yeah. It's people talking about stuff, but it can be a performance art as well. It can be yeah. a storytelling medium in that way. So there's 17 episodes. They just wrapped up season one and they're going into finishing up season two right before Halo 5 Guardians comes out. So if you're a Halo fan and you have read the book um, Fall of Reach and you're looking for something to tie into Halo 5, this is what you need to listen to. You can listen to the whole thing in probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Very cool. It'll blow your mind. Very cool. Well, well here we all are at the end of the podcast. Oh, no. It's, it's time so for sad. the outro music. Oh, oh no. Man. Boom. There it is. Aww. It's official now. Well, thank you guys for checking out this episode of Sift Pop with Critic the Geek and the Girl. We are more than happy to be your hosts through the world of pop culture every week. Every Friday at noon, we're live, and then it's available in the podcast. Just search for Sift Pop in iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. All that fun stuff helps us out. And special thanks to all of our supporters at Patreon. Thank you so much for making this show possible. Today, we want to thank Ruth. Ruth, thank you so much for your monthly gift to us at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. It makes all of this possible, and we know that um, you could spend that money doing something else, but you choose to support us, so thank you. means the absolute world, and we will be uh, back next week on Sift Pop probably to... What are we chatting next week? Do you remember? There's movies coming out and stuff. We'll be chatting that. Think happy thoughts. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.